Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Boss Bible Study. Um, it's me, Austin, your boy, Daryl, and Brandon. We're back with another episode today. We're talking about sanctification, and uh, we're excited for y'all to join us today. We got some good fruit for y'all, some good food of thought. And um, Daryl, you want to kick us off with a word of prayer? Absolutely, my brother. Let us bow our heads and prepare our heart for prayer. Um, dear Heavenly Father, uh, Father, we just come to you as humbly as possible, Father, and we just say thank you, Father. Thank you for another day, Father. Thank you for allowing us to gather uh, once again, Father, to discuss your word today, Father. Uh, Father, as we as we look into sanctification, Father, we just ask that you just show us, just teach us what that means, what that means to be set apart, Father, what that means to be the new creation that you have called for us to be, Father. Father, I pray that today's study will bless somebody, Father, bring somebody closer to you. Um, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask all of this. Amen. 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 So those of you who have been with us for the past couple of weeks, uh, episode one, we talked about becoming. Second, we talked about obedience. And today we're talking about sanctification. The third principle, what it means to be a boss that reflects Christ-like leadership. And as we're talking about sanctification, I think it's important to break it down to three types of sanctification, right? So there's positional sanctification, which occurs the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's salvation, right? So once we are saved, we are now in a position to be sanctified. That makes sense, right? Positional sanctification. Now, the second piece of sanctification, it's called progressive sanctification. And that is more so as we're talking about becoming, it's that process, right? It's the process of looking more and more like Christ. Um, progressive sanctification is when your decisions are rooted in Christ, how you think is rooted in Christ, your methods are all rooted in Christ. And then thirdly is total sanctification. And that isn't something that we will actually experience until we are no longer in our mortal bodies and we are now in heaven in full glory with Christ, right? So today we're going to be talking about sanctification. Um, do any of y'all have any verses that you wanted to talk about? Like when you think about sanctification, where does your mind go? Do you mind if I, uh, if I go first, brother? Go for it. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so um, as I was kind of just, just thinking earlier um, about sanctification um, and, the, and just the importance of it um, when it comes to uh, being a disciple, follower of Christ, um, it is a, you know, just like, uh, becoming and obedience and servitude, um, it is equally as important. But I, I believe that it's a piece that sometimes really gets overlooked, right? And, you know, I think it's, it's easy to say that, you know, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, um, but you're still the same person. You're still doing the same things. Um, and I, I believe that's where the sanctification part um, is key. And so um, immediately a verse that came to my mind um, was 2 Corinthians um, 5.17, um, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Um, and I believe um, that right there um, is just a, it's just a major thing. You know, we we are we are called to be that new creation that Christ has called for us to be. So the old us is dead and gone. And it's and it's and I believe that that's sometimes as believers, as Christians, that's kind of where we get stuck at, right? We we accept we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, um, but we spiritually we don't transform into that new creation that he called for us to be. 
Um, and as we kind of dive into today's Bible study, I, I really hope that we're able to kind of key into that because I, I truly believe that there's somebody on the other side of the screen um, that believes that, you know, Jesus is their Lord and Savior, but they still feel like the same old person, right? Um, some people still look at them as the same old person. And I believe that's where they're getting stuck up at. And so, you know, again, um, that's just a scripture that I've just been kind of meditating on um, all today. Um, and just, you know, again, just thanking God um, for that new creation, that that spiritual transformation. Um, thank God that the old Daryl <laughs> is, is gone. Um, and so that was just, a, you know, that was just a verse that came to my mind. Amen. Yeah. Let's, let's spend some time here for a little bit because I think it's so interesting. And for some listening, I don't think they may be as familiar what it means to be a new creation, right? Episode one, we talked about becoming image bearers. We were created in God's image, right? But then we also talked about the fall and how that image has now been corrupted. So now we have a chance through Christ to become a new creation, but also become that creation we were purposed to be in the beginning, the first place. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes I think people benefit not being raised up in Christianity and being able to make that conscious decision as an adult later in life, right? Because sometimes I believe like culture-wise growing up in the church, you can fall victim of growing up and kind of just being brought into it, right? And never really experienced becoming that new creation. So sometimes we grow up thinking, okay, I'm saved my entire life. And, you know, you continue to sin, you continue to be as you are, but you never really had that moment of becoming brand new. What are your thoughts on that, B? That's, that's deep, man. That's a, that's a handful right there. Um, I, I, I agree that the becoming and sanctification piece in, in uh, the acronym we've created, BOSS, they really go hand in hand. Um, to become one in fellowship with Christ is to be in the process of sanctification. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing in a sad way, um, awfully amazing maybe, of the amount of, of Christians uh, where we have not actually become Rather, we have simply um, made a positional statement in Christ, but not a progressive statement with our lives. Uh, if, if you didn't catch that, let me let me rephrase it in another way. It's one thing to say you're a Christian. It's another thing to live as a Christian. And it's impossible to live as a Christian apart from Christ, apart from his spirit leading you, guiding you, working in you, and you submitting, surrendering, and having fellowship and relationship with Christ. And so um, sanctification begins with an encounter with God, a life altering encounter with God. You need a life altering encounter with God. That's what you need. Right. You need a life transformational encounter with God. And this ain't no pseudo God, lowercase g God. Let me be clear. You're not God. <laughs> There's a lot of nonsense out there saying we're all gods and this, that, and the third. And they'll use scriptural supports for it. Some people who are smarter, who the devil's just infiltrating to trick through the scriptures. Do you not think the devil knows the Bible? Hello, Jesus's temptations in the wilderness were through scripture. The devil was using scripture to plot against him. And so 
we don't have time to crack this whole barrel open. And, 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 and so before it gets out of hand, I'm just going to close it by saying we're not all God, we're not gods. We remain in God's image. Right. And so for instance, if, if God is, is God and he looks in a mirror, he has an image. That's us. That mirror is not God. God is God. You understand? And it's a, that's not the greatest metaphor, but it works. And um, the point is, though, this is the mystery that has been revealed through the gospel. It is that Christ is in us. And that's where people get caught up on the whole, well, oh, oh, God, God is with us. And because there's an aspect in which, yeah, we are called to be one with God. But to think that you are the, you are the word of God. No, <laughs> you are a child of God. You are not the child of God, as in the son of God. Um, that's just kind of getting in some nitty gritty stuff just to clear the air. Um, but with that said, uh, I, I thought about when you, while, while you were talking, Austin, I was just wondering, why did Adam and Eve fall in the per- first place? Like they were made in God's image already. Why did they fall in the garden? Um, I think this is worth a deeper study that I'm not going to get into right now because um, it does have to be do with the becoming aspect. But I think one piece of it is clear. God gave them a command or an opening, an opportunity, if you will, uh, right after they were created. Right. He, he, if, if we just turn back um, to Genesis chapter one, it says that and God blessed them and God said to them. Actually, so then it is a command. <laughs> be fruitful. And multiply, verse 28, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. They, when they were tempted by Satan, Eve was deceived, Adam rebelled. The New Testament commentates on this and clarifies what actually was going on in that process when the serpent was speaking to Eve and um, Adam was just standing by on the sidelines. Adam knew what was going on. Adam knew clearly the command of God. Eve was kind of getting tripped up on what it exactly was because she probably got it secondhand from Adam. And this has to do with like, there's a whole another teaching on this about headship that we're not ready for. (laughs) But Adam missed the mark. And Eve missed the mark. They both were partnerships in the fall. They, they, they formed a partnership in the fall when they were supposed to have a partnership in authority. Oh, my Jesus. Did yeah, you get yeah. that? Mm-hmm. So the part, a big reason why they fell is they didn't know their authority. Do you know your authority? I'm not, I'm not asking you if you know how to act and operate with authority. The reality is a lot of us fake it. A lot of us act like we are in charge of our own lives and our own destiny. And you're not. That the American dream is part of why America is so enticing all around the globe is because we give off this atmosphere, this aura that in America, you can create your own destiny and you're in charge of your own life. And in some ways, yeah, that's true. God's given us that ability to have freedom over choice and Americans have done that well, but perhaps we've done it too well because we've put God on the sidelines. We've put God on the bench when he was the star quarterback. You see, and Adam and Eve lost track of their authority in Christ to have authority over. What did it say? It says you will subdue the creation and you will have dominion over all the animals. What was the serpent? The serpent was a created being. Satan is a created being. And we actually have dominion over him in Christ. 
Amen. They didn't see that. And so part of sanctification, that that progressive walk with God and in 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 progress and holiness is you progress in authority, understanding your dominion and understanding how to operate in it, not in some type of uh what's the word for it? Just evil way. There, there's a lot of authorities and dominions out there that are pl- flat out evil. And that's not how God's called us to have dominion. That's not what he means here in this sense of have dominion and subdue, meaning just trample the earth. No, if you look, they actually were, were getting it right somewhat in the beginning where um, before the before the fall, where Adam um, is actually taking care of the garden. He's tending it. He's tilling the land that God had planted himself. We were in partnership with God. We were in fellowship with God. We've lost that. Sanctification is to be in that walk and fellowship with God progressively and going from glory to glory. So as to the question, um, what scripture verse would I think of with uh, sanctification? There's, there's a lot. and we'll, we'll, we'll uncover those in due season. Um, but one of them is from, let me see here. Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It reads, we all are being changed into God's likeness from one degree of glory to another. And maybe a way to paraphrase that is it gets greater later. When you walk with God, it gets greater later. You will grow in authority. You will grow in the the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon you. You will grow in your understanding and the wisdom of God upon you in the eternal fruits within you that you're feeding other people with. So, so yeah, this, <laughs> there's a lot here. Uh, that's, that's good, bro. And um, the verse I had in mind, I feel like it's working together, right? So, Daryl, the verse you chose, it talks about being a new creation. And Brandon, yours talked about being, or, or being changed into the likeness of God, glory to glory. And the verse I wanted to highlight was Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Mm. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we're talking about becoming a new creation, sanctification, right? We're talking about being more like God. As Christians, we have to understand the only man to ever walk the earth that lived a perfect Christian life is no one other than Jesus Christ himself. And we're going to fall in situations where we're going to stumble. And that's why this is a process. This is a journey becoming more like Christ. Sanctification is a journey. It's a progressive, it's a progressive act that you're moving forward in his likeness. But again, as we said, we're not going to reach that total, total sanctification until we are in heaven with God, with Christ. So in this process, we have to remember that it is no longer us who live because we are faulty. We're humans. We're going to stumble. But it is no, no longer us who lives because we've been crucified with Christ. And we talked about this briefly, but baptism, the Bible also talks about when we go down in the water, we are baptized into his death. So the moment we get go underwater and baptized, we are no longer, we go down as us, we go down as Bram, we go down as Daryl, and we are now dead. We are now yet to envision Christ on the cross, dying on the cross for our sins. He died for you and I, each and every single one of us. And it says we are baptized into his death. And when we come above that water, 
We are now resurrected in newness. When he rose from the dead, that same spirit that rose him from the dead with all power now rests in us. We are now becoming this new creation. And man, when I was reading this, I was just thinking, and y'all, y'all know I got the movie like illustration. I'm watching with my son. I hate to do it to y'all again, but we was watching like Mike, bro. Like y'all remember like Mike. Y'all remember like, like Mike. Mike. Bow Wow Joy. And bro, like the sneakers, bro. The sneakers. My boy had total faith. And like without the sneakers, but he's just a young boy, orphanage, no skills, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when he said he wakes up, he wake up every day before his game and say, make me like Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bro, that's the same type of mentality we need to have as Christians. Make me like Christ. Because Amen. apart from Christ, I can't do it. I can't get the job done. I'm going to fall short of his glory. I'm going to fall sh- short of God's righteous standard. I'm not going to love my wife the way I need to love my wife. I'm not going to be patient the way I need to be patient. But as Christians, you got to remember, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who dwells in me, right? That's good. Ah, uh, brother, that's, that's good. That's real good. Daryl, so, you had something? Oh, go ahead. No, I oh, yeah, no, no. To, um, Just, yeah, no, no. I think you guys definitely, um, you guys touched on, um, you know, some some great points. And, um, and yeah, it, it's just funny. As I guess I sit here, um, and uh, I'm a very like layman's terms type of person, right? And I'm sure there's someone on the other side of the screen that may be the same way. And um, you know, I guess as I kind of just look at, you know, um, sanctification, and I, my man Matt always got the the movie illustrations, and um, you know, they always they always really resonate with me. Um, but it's just you know, as I kind of look back, right at the old me, right? And how, um, you know, again, I've, and, and, and B, you kind of touched on it a little bit when you were talking about America, um, the land um, where we kind of, you know, we we pick our own, you know, we make our own choices, our own, our, our faith is in our own hand, um, which as we know is, is not the case. Um, but that's kind of what the world, not even just America, that's kind of what the world tells us though, right? And so, um, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate, right? Because um, there's so many um, people out there, right? That I believe um, are, are going to just kind of miss the mark because they want to hold on. They, they, it's like they want a piece of Christ, but they don't want to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think that right there, and, and, you know, and I think when we, when we use the word uh, die or death, right, um, some people may be getting scared. But, you know, death is just a separation, separation from God. And so, like, you know, we don't want to, um, you know, and, and I'm sorry, sorry I'm just I, literally my mind is just racing a million miles per hour. But, you know, <laughs> but it's like, you know, seriously, as I kind of just just look at this, as I look at, you know, the church. And I look at the body of Christ, um, you know, as a disciple, as a follower of Christ, people should be able to look at Austin, look at Brandon, look at Daryl, right? And there should be something different, you know? Um, It's like, we have to remember, and this is like in my lame's terms, right? Like the world is going one way. And I believe Christ is going another. 
and you 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 gotta you gotta choose <laughs> which way you're gonna go, right? You can't choose to go with Christ, but then still w- want the things of the world, right? Mm. Or or vice versa. Um, so you know, like I said, when I kind of just look at it lamb's terms, um, you know, that's just kind of the first thing that that comes to my mind. And uh, you know, again, this as we continue with the, with with our study today, I really hope that we're just able to. Um, truly reach somebody. Cause I was just telling Austin earlier, um, you know, just doing some study and just praying and, and just meditating. I truly believe that the sanctification part of, you know, being a disciple or being a follower is just, it's just missed. And, um, you know, and it, it's kind of like falling through the cracks, even when we're at church, it's kind of something um, that's not talked about. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it may be talked about, but maybe not uh, talked about enough. Um, I know I'd never kind of got it. You know, I kind of Austin, Austin kind of talked about it earlier. Um, you know, when you kind of grow up in a in a household where that's kind of pushed on you, um, you know, you kind of just it's like it's like you're you you're following right, but you're you want both right. And as you know, you know we can't serve two masters. Um, you know, we got because you're gonna you're gonna love one and, and hate the other. And so you know, really, like I think for myself. Um, I just look back and I'm just like, wow, you know, um, I was, I was really missing the mark because, you know, I believe that Jesus was my savior, but I wanted the things of the world, you know, um, because that's what the world told me. And so, you know, again, it's just like, you know, again, this like, you know, we literally just have to kind of, um, you know, deprogram the mind, um, and, you know, become that new creation that God calls us to be. And, you know, as we kind of talk about what that means, you know, I really hope that, uh, you know, again, I just truly hope that someone is blessed by this. um, Because as I was telling Austin, we're me, Austin, B, we're all still students. We're all still growing. um, And, you know, we're only maybe 10, 15 minutes into the Bible study. And uh, I'm already just learning myself and just growing, you know. So, again, I truly hope that this is just uh, fruitful um, and truly just blesses somebody. That's all I have. Well, Brandon, you want to take us into Genesis 33? Yeah. Yes, sir. So um, the scripture, main scripture we're going to look at today is in Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. Um, In that paragraph there, it's talking about Jacob's wrestling with God. And um, yeah, let's crack it open and uh, talk about sanctification through this passage. So the same night, Jacob arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered 
The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. <laughs> so, wow, there is a lot to unpack here. We're not going to unpack it all today, um, but let's get to it. What is happening here with Jacob? It's both an event and a process. It's, it's displaying a process, both of which are encountered in sanctification. Uh, first, uh, we, we, we didn't really maybe say this in the beginning, but um, we, we should clarify. Sanctification, it's a big uh, religiously, uh, it's a big religious word. And what does it mean if we want to break it down? It literally means just to be set apart. If something is sanctified, it's set apart. It's set apart. Um, it comes actually um, both in the Greek and the Hebrew, the language of the original scriptures. It comes from the word of holy, of that which is holy, that which is set apart, that which is cut out, that which is different from other things, right? In, in the Levitical um, law, it said that the priests, they would separate the common from the uncommon, the holy from the unholy things. And um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, we, we ha- we're called to do that as believers, both in our own lives. And we're going to see how Jacob actually is pressed into this sanctification process in which he is being set apart. First and foremost, the main the main uh, body of this really is that aspect in which he's wrestling. Mm. He's wrestling with who? He's wrestling with God. And in this wrestling, he refuses to let go. And he's given another name because of his refusal to let go. True sanctification comes in the life of a believer when you refuse to let go of God. Jesus said, follow me, right? And Daryl, you brought up something earlier about basically like a lot of us, we want a piece of Jesus, but we don't want all of him. We, we don't want to, Jesus is a great concept, a great idea. He, he's a lot of things, but is he really Lord, right? We even might say he's Lord, but to be Lord, that's a heavy term. What does the scriptures talk about that? It talks about that a, a Lord of your life is a governor, a ruler. He has total authority over your life. So much so that Paul, when he, he's the, one of the greatest writers of the New Testament, um, by which almost every Christian is endowed with Christianity because of Christ's work through him. Paul himself says, I am a slave of Christ, my Lord. I am a slave. That's what it means to have Jesus as your Lord. Do you see yourself as a slave to God? And get out of, you need to think spiritually. Don't be earthly minded here where you're, you know, you're looking at slavery and, and the evil for the evil with which it was and it still is where it, when it, where it exists and how it exists, right? But we're talking about how you can look at something and <laughs> separate the common from the uncommon, the clean from the unclean, the holy from the unholy. There is something of a holy attribute about 
a slavery unto God because God is perfect. God is all loving. God is all powerful. If you enslave yourself to the perfect being, you will never be enslaved again. That's authority. That's authority in life, right? And because here's the reality. Um, it's actually been said in songs like, um, I think somebody told me about Bob Dylan has a song about it um, or a lyric within it, but um, it actually comes from Romans 6. There's a chapter um, in that uh, scripture in Romans where it talks about you're either a slave to righteousness, which leads to sanctification, or you're a slave to sin. You don't get a choice as to what slave you are. And that's kind of what Daryl was getting at as to you either have to pick the world or you pick Christ. If you don't pick Christ, you already have chosen the world and the world has already chosen you. It's the reality. It's the reality. And so the greatest, I heard it said this way um, by a man named Leonard Ravenhill. He says that the great, one of the greatest temptations of Christ wasn't actually in the 40 day trial he had in the desert but it was actually on the cross when all the people around him, the chief priest and religious people and uh, mockers and scorners and, and, and uh, guards, Roman centurions and things like that, they were saying, come down from there. If you're really the son of God, if that's really who you are, right? Because the reality is that he could have, he could have come down. And that's, and Leonard Ravenhill goes on to say, that's the greatest temptation among Christians today. Mm. Satan's telling us, come down from the cross that God has commanded you to carry, to take with you. Stop living this life where you're denying yourself. Stop living this life where you're putting God first and foremost in every decision you make. Stop trying for that. You know, it's okay to take a, a break now and again. You're being too hard on yourself. Go easy. Do you know what go easy is? Look, Jesus said the road to destruction is broad and wide and it's easy and many are those who go by it. But the road that leads to life is narrow and few are those who enter by it. And that word for narrow in the Greek is uh, the word for tribulation. It's, it's a, that road, when you follow Christ, you're going to go through trials and let's look at Jacob's life. Look at his life. What, what does God say to him? Your name in verse 28. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. It's amazing. It's amazing. God throughout the whole rest of the Bible from here on is called the God of Israel, the God of Israel, the God of Israel, again and again and again, the Holy One of Israel, the Righteous One of Israel, Israel. What is so, so why, why did God begin with this? Names are important, especially with God. God doesn't just go, is, isn't whimsical about how he chooses names, you know? So, so <laughs> Um, I, there was this comedian, I forget her name, but she talks about how she was named, uh, because her, her, her parents, uh, they had favorite cars and one's favorite car was a Honda. The others was a Chevy. And so they called her a uh, Shronda or something like that. <laughs> something crazy where they, they just combined. What was it? Shonda. They called her Shonda because it was a Chevy. And a Honda, right. <laughs> That's whimsical, right? That's just, all right, I'm just choosing your name. And God's not like that, right? God is very particular about why he chooses names and what they mean and how they're actually prophetic. They actually are telling something about the past or the future or both, um, or a present reality. And here, Israel literally means the one who strives with God or the one who wrestles with God. He is given 
a new name from his former name, Jacob. Jacob means what? Heel grabber. Because when he came out the womb after his brother, he was grabbing onto his brother's heel, Esau. And he later on stole the blessing, stole his birthright. And that's a whole nother uh, topic. But in short of that, uh, what we can learn from that is that he grew up the rest of his life portraying this, this attribute of being a heel grabber, being someone who's stealing, being someone who's deceiving. And finally, Laban, his uncle, got the best of him. And, and, and in short, up until this point, he has been wrestling with his reality, with his understanding of what is my life really about. He's been going through trials. He had to run from his brother who wanted to murder him. He's had to live under someone who's cheated him several times over and over again with finances, with uh, uh, his own wife that led into having two wives and, and, and then uh, sleeping with four women. In this, like, it's just a crazy, crazy uh, scenario that happens because of people's sins. And nevertheless, God does not leave us in our sin. He does not abandon us to our own sin. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, right? And so here we see that Jacob wrestled with God. And the call of sanctification, the call of believer's life is to wrestle with God and wrestle with this world. Understand why are you living? What is your purpose? What were you created for? Where did I come from? Where am I going? How should I live my life? And He's been wrestling up until now. Read his story. We'll get into it at other times here. But we're focusing on this right now, this aspect in which he is called the one who wrestles with God and he prevails. He prevails. That's amazing. And so the very name of a Christian is to be one who wrestles with God and with men, to wrestle with the meaning of life, to wrestle with the essence, to progress Again, sanctification to progress, to be set apart. And now this name is setting him apart. And now his life has up until now has shown this progressive being set apart. You know, you can look at chapter 28 where uh, God encounters him in a dream and shows him his faithfulness, shows him he's going to be with him, that he's uh, protecting him. And Jacob's like, I'm going to give you my whole life. If you're, this is the God you are, I'm going to give you my whole life. It only makes sense. Right. And it's progressively gets greater later, greater later up until the point where now he's transformed in a whole other way. And that's what sanctification is about. So, right, we're, we got to play with these ideas of both. It's an event, an encounter with God, a life altering encounter with God, which um, first and foremost is really your uh, conversion, your, your really trust and belief in Jesus Christ. That is the first aspect of you are sanctified. You have just been, the moment you've believed in Christ, you have been, it's like God came, took you like a baby and set you apart. You were just in the road, walking around, doing your own thing. He said, mm -mm, come here. He set you apart. He took you out of the street. He set you apart, right? And now the next step is the process in which now he's going to carry you as he did the Israelites. When um, in Deuteronomy chapter one, it uh, actually Moses is going through the history and he tells them, he tells the people, he says, remember how the Lord your God carried you all the way through Egypt, all the way through the wilderness as a father carries 
his child. Have you been carried by God? When's that time when you've been carried by God? And I think that's a question I want to leave off with because I know I've just left a lot of meat on the bones here uh, for my brothers. Um, But that question um, can maybe ground us uh, with some other thoughts you guys have, which is uh, when is that time we have been uh, carried by God in that sanctification process? We've seen it in our lives. Or maybe another way to say it is specifically here, when is that time um, or times or season we've been wrestling with God, wrestling to, with, with men, and yet we've prevailed, even though it seemed as if they prevailed over us, even though it seemed as if we were conquered, even though there came points where our hip might have got put out of joint and we were left with a limp after that, after that, uh, that impactful event. And yet that lip constantly reminded us of who we were and who we became. Oh, come on. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Wow, bro. Um, times when we wrestle with men and wrestle with God. And like, as I'm thinking, bro, it's like we wrestle with men our entire lives, you know? And unfortunately, we don't realize we're wrestling with God throughout that process. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's just interesting because I'm looking at the life of Jacob right now. And before he is alone, before he's wrestling with God, you see him trying all these different things, right? He's running from what he believes to be his demise. The thing he's been running from all these years, he's now encountering for the first time as his brother Esau. And... Instead of facing the problem, trusting God, he's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this. He's, he's contemplating on how, how this situation is gonna happen, how it's gonna go down. And that's sometimes how our minds work, right? We come up with a thousand different scenarios. We get anxious. We get very scared and frightened of these things that are of our imaginations, what things can result in. And we're wrestling with men, but when God is saying, wrestle with me, And bro, it's just, I'm thinking about so many things I wrestle with throughout my life. Hmm. And sometimes you don't even realize you're wrestling. Mm. You know, Jacob, he has an entire family at this time. He has sheep, he has oxen, he has so many things from a worldly sense, he will be successful. But throughout those years, I forget, was it 12 years, 20 years? I forget how many years he was away. This entire time, he was wrestling. Not with just his uncle, Laban, who was trying to finesse him out of his his blessing and everything, but he was wrestling with something that was deeply rooted that Mm. brought him there in the first place. Mm. Right? Because what brought him there, he was running from his brother. So now that he's about to encounter his brother again, all these emotions are coming to surface. He's getting anxious. He's getting weary. And through his distress, he calls on God. And it says, then Jacob was alone, verse 24. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until breaking of day. And bro, man, (laughs) when God gets you alone, He gets you all by yourself. And it's almost that he 
initiates the wrestling. It's like, okay, now, like, he's going to bring, he brings these things to, everything's at surface now. Now it's not like, give it to, like, this is what you need to do. I know you've been thinking about this. I know this was deep down in your heart all these years. Now it's time for you to give it to me. Now, now, now you have to face this. There's no running now. You got to face this. Right? I know how you're feeling. I know you're anxious. I know you're sad. I know you're depressed. I know you're angry. Now it's time to give it to me. Wrestle. I can take it. Wrestle with me. Right? Mm. And man, God tells him, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Mm. And it wow. takes stamina. It takes it takes long suffering. It takes saint the sanctification process. It's and and Daryl, you talked about it. death doesn't sound pleasing. It doesn't like because it's it's, it's gut wrenching. And I remember wrestling like finally wrestling with God for the first time by myself. Like finally truly wrestling with Him. Right. Like that moment. We know that moment. Like God. Like I'm not running no more. Like. I need to deal with, I don't know how, I can't deal with this any other way. I've been running through this my entire life. Like what, like, I need you to step in. I need you to bless me. So I can't go forward. I can't meet what's there on the other side without you. And I really, whoever is listening to this right now, there's someone that's wrestling with God. There's someone who's delaying from wrestling with God. When we see, I believe it's in chapter 35, after he wrestles with God, after he gets a new name, a new identity, one that is founded in God, one who wrestles with God, no longer one who's a heel grabber, no longer one who's a deceiver, he has this new identity. And when he finally meets his brother, it says that his brother embraces him. So that very thing we're wrestling with throughout our lives, that thing that's deeply rooted that no one knows about, just you and God and that person who it might be against. God has already been working on that person that you've been delaying on resolving with, having that resolution. God has already worked it out. But before you come to realization that, that he's already worked that out, he has to work in you. Mm. And we see here, we see God bringing Jacob to the end of himself. He has finally wrestled with God. And after this wrestling, it's no longer Jacob who stands, but it's Israel, a new creation. And it's because of this, Israel knows that if it wasn't for God, I don't know where I would be. I remember when I was all alone. I remember, I remember what I did to my brother. I should have been dead a long time ago. But I wrestled with God and he blessed me. And that's why I praise him. And I loved like throughout Genesis. And then, then Daryl, you could take it from there. We see Jacob still called as Jacob. And sometimes we see Moses, who's the author, of Genesis, uh, identifying him as Israel. 
just because we wrestle with God and he's giving us a new identity doesn't always mean we're walking according to that new identity. Mm. So I believe sometimes he's named as Jacob throughout the text instead of Israel after this new name change is because he's still walking in that oldness, walking in that old character. And sometimes that's how we are in a Christian faith as well. You know, Daryl, sometimes, sometimes Daryl, I mean, sometimes Slim come out, you know, and Austin, sometimes Amen come out, Brandon, sometimes B. Irv come out. But we know that God has called us in newness. And as we talked about, we have to be like Christ every single day. That's an active decision. After you wrestle with God, you realized that he is much stronger than we are. He is much more, he's everything. And we are nothing. And it's a decision that, you know, those situations are going to come up where you're going to be tempted to slip back into your old character, your old self, but know through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, we can walk into, and like Christ. Amen. Amen, man. Um, and it's funny, uh, as you were speaking, right, I, I kind of started to just, uh, just, just put a picture uh, together in, in my mind. And something that you said that kind of jumped out to me, you said, sometimes God wrestles with us. And so as I kind of look at Jacob, um, I look at his story and, um, you know, Jacob wasn't ready to wrestle. Right. Um, And I think, you know, we can sometimes look at our own lives. Right. And things come up and we have to wrestle. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 And that's kind of just. And that's life, right? But there comes a point where we can't run anymore and we have no choice but to wrestle. And, you know, that's kind of what happened here with Jacob. You know, he he wasn't able to run. He had no choice but to wrestle. And not only did he not, not only did he wrestle, I mean, it says, um, it says he struck, it says, I'm sorry. It says, when the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. And then he said, Jacob, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless we bless, unless you bless me. And I think sometimes we're on, we're on the, the, the road or the verge of that blessing, but we stop waiting give up right mm-hmm. and you know sometimes we gotta you, you gotta keep wrestling and i think something that 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 in the text that really pops out to me and i hope this doesn't go over someone's head because i think this is this is this is major and so you know jacob doesn't give up right and he says and then and then i'm gonna keep reading it says then he said to jacob let me go for it's daybreak but jacob said i will not let you go unless you bless me what is your name? The man asked. Jacob replied, your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And I think sometimes we always, and not, you know, this isn't for everyone, right? But sometimes we, when we expect that blessing, right? Sometimes we, 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 we look at it like as a monetary blessing, right? And, you know, you can go back to the podcast last week and, and just listen to a little um, of me share my, my testimony. But it was funny because 
although I was now broke, right? And I was wrestling, right? So although I had less, mm. I had so much more. And I was looking for my blessing to come in a form of a check or some money in my account. And I mean, I listen, that's still cool if it happens, but now I'm just playing. Um, but, you know, I was looking for that. However, I got that name change. Amen, and I didn't even realize <laughs> that I was blessed. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so there may be someone listening right now who are like, yo, B, Austin, I'm wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I'm wrestling and I'm losing. You know what I'm saying? Where's my blessing? Right? But we have to understand that we're all blessed differently and that sometimes that change, right, is a bigger blessing than that new house or that new car or that, that money that you need. You know, I think that sometimes we, we gotta, we have to look a little further than that. And that's why, again, I love, uh, I love the story of Jacob because I mean, he, I mean, his hip, he had a permanent limp, right? His hip was put out of socket, right? But yet he continued, continued to wrestle. And so I guess my question would be to someone that is, is watching this right now, when's the last time you wrestled with God? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you, are you giving up? Or are you, are you not stopping until he blesses you? Mm. Until you get that, until you get that blessing. And I mean, I, and as we know, and you know, as you, as you, as we, I'm, I'm sure we'll be back in the story of Jacob another time. And as you do your own personal studies and, 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 and growing closer, um, you know, you just, I mean, I mean, it's truly just, I mean, it's truly just, they're really, they're, there's just a lot here um, in the text. And I know for, you know, myself, um, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's just, it's just, it's just really crazy. Um, and I mean, that's really, that's really all I, all I, all I have for it, but you know, I really, I wanted to just, you know, look at, and I'll even open it back up to you guys, if you guys, you know, choose to, you know, look, look back into it though, but you know, um, the name change, right. You know, uh, you know, he was wrestling. He, like you said, like you said, Ed, he was getting ready to meet, you know, meet his brother, you know, who, you know, he thought was going to take his life. Right. And so, you know, uh, I mean, I can imagine he was stressed out. You know what I'm saying? He, he's, he's nervous. He, he, Jacob has exhausted every idea that he could possibly come up with to figure it out. Right. But, you know, he knew that next morning that he was going to meet bro. Right. So what was he going to do? You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes, it takes situations like that, right? Where similar to my, similar to the testimony I shared last week, it took a situation where I realized that I was no longer in control. You know what I'm saying? That the situation was above me. <laughs> there was nothing else I could do. You know what I'm saying? But wrestle, you know? And so, uh, you know, again, I just, just, just something to think about, right? Whoever may be watching. Um, something to think about and meditate on is when the last time you wrestled with God. And that's all I got, fellas. Yeah. yeah. That's good. 
That's good. Um, I think you laid out a lot of nails to just hammer in even deeper. Uh, and I'll try to do a little bit of that, but some thoughts that came to mind was just number one, from the, from the context, like everything Slim was saying, everything, um, Daryl has been saying has been in, it, it's, it's already laid out in the scriptures. Like I, this is what I love about the scriptures, what we're doing right now, expounding on the word and, and, and just unpacking it. It's already here. We're only unpacking what's already here. This is the word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The reason why people read their Bible and get tired of reading, the reason why people read their Bible and feel like they're not getting nothing, the reason why people read their Bible and feel like it's dead is because they're dead, <laughs> because they're broken, because they're struggling. Whatever that aspect is, it's not the word that's not living and active, it's us. Yeah. And we need the word of God abiding in us. And so um, I just love this unfolding that we're, we're like, I'm, we're just digging in. Um, like, like, so I, I want to strengthen these points that we're making just by the context, right? What is happening even before Jacob wrestles? What is happening before this? He is going back to his brother who was supposed to murder him. He had a hit on him and he moved out. Uh, Jacob, Jacob had moved out, gone hundreds of miles away, hundreds of miles away to get away from his brother. Cause his mom was like, he's serious, boy. He's going to kill you. <laughs> she was out. He was gone. And now he's heading back because it's frankly his only choice. He don't got no other family. Laban, his uncle, who's in charge of the family over in this land where he had gone to hundreds of miles away had been ripping him off over 10 times. And so he's, 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 he realizes, I don't have a future here. I got to move on. I pray to God he shows us again and again when we just need to move on. Yeah. We don't got a future in the things we're doing. We don't got a future in the way we're living. And for Jacob, it was what he was receiving. In some senses, people could say, oh, it's karma. He was getting back what he put out, you know, whatever the case, it happens in all these different ways where God just rips apart our reality. Whether it's at the time of wrestling or up until that time. And he leaves us in the position of, come on, position of opportunity. The position of grace where the only thing that can get us out of this situation is grace right and so because look what he says here and if you go back in chapter 32 in verse 9 it's jacob's puts out a prayer because in verse well let's even more even more forward right verse 7 it says then jacob was greatly afraid and distress right he divided the people who were with him and, and now let me let me break it down he had a lot of, of, he gained a lot of land, a lot of, um, not, not land, but the um, things that are on land, like animals, camels, uh, donkeys, all types of things that in, that, in those days were um, like your bank account, essentially. A lot of things that were um, stability and, and would allow your, your people to continue. He gained these things as he left um, the land he was coming from. And in this, he decides to start splitting everything up into different camps. And if I'm not going to read it, but um, even going forward, he takes and basically he's going back to his homeland and to his brother's territory. And he starts presenting blessings to his brother in different forms. 
he basically starts offering great presents of his own uh, financial blessings or, or um, wealth to his brother to try to appease him, to try to try to settle the terms, right? And seeking that forgiveness. And so he says in verse nine, and Jacob said, oh God of my father, he starts praying. He's getting desperate. I don't know why we start praying when we get desperate. It's not a bad idea. In fact, it's the best idea, but we need to start praying before we get into desperation. We need to, look, the scripture says pray at all times. Don't just pray. Sometimes strive to pray. And you'll see that it's actually not a burden as much as it is a blessing. Because you have a relationship with the almighty God. He speaks to me. He talks to me. He shows me. He reveals to me what's even to come in my own life and other people's lives. Oh, man, I'm speaking too much now. Look, he said, oh, God of my father, Abraham, and God of my father, Isaac. Oh, Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred that I may do you good. Look, he's already, he's saying, look, Lord, I got to pass with you. You did this, this, and this for me. You, you was with my dad. You was with my daddy's dad. I know you was there. I need you now, right? Sometimes we got to, we, we, we got to, it's not even, it's not like we're reminding God. We're reminding ourselves what God has done in his faithfulness. If you don't know God's faithfulness, you need to start to open it, get a book from the Dollar Tree all right, it ain't that expensive. And write it down what blessings are coming to you in life and realize all good things come from God. And realize all evil things can be turned for good. Oh my God. And so he said, Lord, I, look, look, you told me to come to return to my brother even. So now we realize that Jacob's not even just going to this land because of his own choice. He's going to this land because he's led by God. And he said, Lord, you told me to return here. Verse 10, I'm not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. I just want to stop there. And this is, this is hmm. take time to meditate on that right there. If, if that becomes in your life to realize how unworthy you are and yet to realize how good and gracious God is, you will be, you will be broken and yet remade and empowered. That is so powerful right there. And he realizes he's totally unworthy of all the goods God's done. And yet God doesn't, God knows he's unworthy and doesn't care because that's what grace is about. That's what kindness is about. That's what favor is about. God loves us despite our brokenness. And he says, for with only my staff, I crossed this Jordan. When I left my brother, I had nothing, Lord. I had nothing. I just, I had shoes on my feet. And I've come back with all of this good. I've come back with all this good. And now I have become two camps. Verse 11, please deliver me. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him. I fear him. I fear him. And, and I'm just, now I'm making that connection to the fact that verse 30, all the way up until then, it says, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel saying, for I have seen God face to face and yet my life has been delivered. He asked for deliverance. And now he gets it. And it comes through wrestling with God. Because now, and like uh, Daryl was pointing at, and Austin, um, that he, he, was re he released all the things that he was carrying, all his possessions. Verse 22 tells us that all he had was himself. It says, the, the same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 children across the port of the Jebek. And he took them and set them across the stream and everything else that he had. So it was just Jacob on the other side of the stream. It was him alone. 
And there's times in our lives where God just strips us of everything, everything. It looks like, in, in, it looks like different things for different people, but we've all, I, I pray we all would come to that point of being stripped of your reality. Because in order to be born again as a Christian, to be, to be born again as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to be stripped of who you think you are so God can show you who you really are. Oh my God, put that as a hashtag. Come on, you have to be stripped of who you think you are so God can show you who you really are. He will give you a new identity, like my brothers were saying, a new name. And that name is destiny. That name is authority. That name is power. Look, Romans 8 says, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. Hmm. Sanctification. That we are, my God, we are set apart. We're made to be a different type of people. A different type of people set apart. We're going to look different. We're going to walk different. We're going to talk different. And it's not because of our own abilities. Remember, he was stripped of everything to show him who he really was. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I think that's a, um, that's a good place for us to close. And um, next week we'll be talking about servitude. And um, yeah, great job, fellas. I definitely think um, we could learn a lot through the story of Jacob and what it takes to become that new creation, receive that new name. And that's all found in wrestling mm -hmm. with God. And just encouraging anyone that's on the line right now, whatever you're wrestling with, give to God. God knows what you're holding on to. He knows what you're burdened with and wrestle with him. You wanna pray us out, bro? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Father, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your guidance. You're with us. You're here right now. You're here right now. There's nowhere you are not. There's nowhere you do not see. You have known us, God. And Lord, I pray that we would know you more deeply, more intimately, Lord. Even as much as we desire to teach others and show others what's been shown to us, Lord, we likewise desire just to grow and be strengthened all the more for the purposes you've called us to. And ultimately, it's to your glory, to fellowship with you. And I feel like through this word, this study, I'm thankful for what you have revealed through us. Um, through your word, God. Uh, we are merely your servants and yet sons. And for those who are listening, sons and daughters, as we are willing to follow you and submit and surrender to you, God. And uh, Jesus, you said that there are uh, many tables prepared. The food is ready in your father's house at the banquet. And yet the tables, the seats are still empty. <laughs> And so, Lord, there's still room at the table. And I pray that um, we'd come running all the more, just as this word that's been unpacked um, has really not been unpacked. There's so much more here. This, this is a feast. And so I pray that you would just show us um, in our innermost being uh, the banquet that you have prepared for us in fellowship with you. And so that uh, we would be set free by the truth of God and the love of God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and give you thanks, Father. Amen. 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 God bless y'all. See y'all next week. Let's go.